The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Sif Heider, the founder of Array. I'm a wellness entrepreneur and digital creator, and this is my show, The Dream Bigger Podcast. Listen, I love dreaming big, but you know what I love more? Actually having the resources to make those big dreams happen. And hey, dreams can sometimes be private jets, but other times they can look a little something like having the best skin of your damn life or starting a successful business, or delving into spirituality. So on this podcast, I chat with experts and thought leaders from different fields about their tips and tricks on doing exactly that. So let's get right into it. Hello, hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Dream Bigger podcast. I am very excited for today's episode because it is with someone who I really admire and I am a very dedicated customer of her brand. I am talking about Cass D'Amico, who is the founder of one of my favorite jewelry brands of all time and actually belt brands too, Orion. So Cass has actually been on the podcast a few years ago. I think it was in like early 2021. And a lot has changed within her business since then. Obviously, she's grown so much as an entrepreneur, as have I. We were in such different stages of our businesses when we last chatted. And so I knew I had to have her back on the podcast to kind of discuss all things entrepreneurship and all things style. So if you don't follow Cass on Instagram, I don't even know what you're doing because she is one of the best dressed people that I know. I mean, she is just the embodiment of like chicness, like good style. I don't even know what to say, but this woman dresses to the nines. Today's episode also focuses a lot on that, exactly how she got to developing her personal style, tips that she has, how you can kind of hone in on your personal style. And I really wanted to take my time to have that specific conversation because I know that we're going into the new year. Maybe you yourself are looking to upgrade your personal style. Whatever it is, we get into all of that. And then, of course, you know, we get into all things jewelry. I really wanted to give you guys tangible information on what you need to look for when it comes to high quality jewelry. And we really dive deep into that. So this is a very juicy value-packed conversation, which I think you guys will love. Before we get into the episode, though, I want to bring you this week's review, which comes to us from LCD Screen. And they say, Sif is an incredible host. She actually lets the guests speak and ask such insightful and gorgeous questions. She is so warm and open. It's a genuine pleasure to listen to her pod. And I say this as a person who does not like interview style pods. The solo episodes are amazing too. And to top it off, she's a fellow Leo. Sign me up and take my soul. LCD screen. This is such a sweet review and I so appreciate it. And it's really nice to see a fellow Leo in the audience as well. So I really am so grateful that you took the time to leave this review. And guys, if you do have a couple of minutes, I would so appreciate if you took the time to rate and review the show. All you have to do is open up the Apple podcast app, scroll down to the bottom where it says rate and review the show. In the rating section, if you feel like I've earned it, please leave me a five-star rating. And in the review section, tell me any feedback that you have for me, things that you like, favorite guests, guest requests, topic requests, whatever feedback you give me, I take so seriously. As an example, I started to do more solos because you requested it. I brought on guests that you've requested for in the past. So I really do read every single one of these comments and they mean so much to me. 
Okay, with that, let's welcome Cass to the Dream Bigger podcast. So people really look up to you for your style, which is unsurprising. I feel like I do too, obviously, like one of the best dressed people I know. So the first thing that I want to get into is how can someone start building out a capsule wardrobe? So I feel like it has to do with you specifically and also your body type and also what you feel comfortable in. So I feel like for me, I'm a pants girly. I love a loose trouser. That's just what I feel like looks good on my body type. It's what I feel confident in. Mm -hmm. So I'm just, I constantly buy that. And then you kind of build it out from there. Like I love how my body looks with a tight top. So then I kind of always stay to more tight tops. And it could be so specific to you. Like some people I feel like look good with like something loose on top and then tight on the bottom and you just have to figure out what's good for your body type in in categories, I would say. Like, I don't feel like I look that great in mini skirts. Like, I just don't feel comfortable in that. So I don't really like buy that very often. I think it's just kind of figuring out your categories and then buying under that. And then I also feel like I pay a lot of attention to whenever I'm cleaning out my closet, mm-hmm. what am I getting rid of? Like, what was the entire category of things that I didn't wear and never got use out of and just keeping a mental note of that because you'll see a lot of patterns in what you get rid of. You can It's like almost the opposite where you can see what it is you're never wearing or, you know, I could think building off what you constantly wear. Were you always like this discerning with your personal style? Because when I go onto your page or I look at you, I'm like, I have a feeling I know what a cast outfit is. And I mean that as like, I think that's like probably one of the biggest compliments I can give someone because it's like you have such a look. So did you always have that or was it something that you built over time? No. Oh, my gosh. If you guys <laughs> scroll deep on my feed, you'll have a laugh. OK, I literally I think also a lot of it had to do with when I first started doing, you know, influencing things. I was broke and whatever I got for free is what I put on my body. And I remember I have this photo actually of my closet when I lived in New York that it literally looked like someone threw up in my closet. It had every color in the rainbow, frilly this, just like all over the place because I just had no personal style. And then I think I was, it wasn't until I was around 28 yeah, that I think as I was like, okay, who do I want to show up as in the world? And classy put together people is the greatest type of way to dress, I mm-hmm. think. And that's definitely even what my husband's attracted to, too. But yeah. obviously it came from me personally. And I think I kind of was just like, OK, I want to be this more sophisticated girl. And I like manifested and turned myself into her. You know, I literally woke up one day and was like, I want different style. And I did that. And anyone can do that. That's the point. I love that you say this because I so all of our stuff arrived from Toronto after being in storage for like two years because I was telling you last night my whole visa process was very fucking long. So all my stuff arrived and it was like all sitting in my back house and I was sorting through it. And I was like, why do I have dresses that are floral in here? Like, what was I? Like, who was I? Yeah. And it's so crazy when you it's like you hoard things and like, you know, you have it in your wardrobe for so long that you almost feel like you can't get rid of it. And 
this move was so interesting because I had these things in my closet. And I remember even while I had them in my closet, I just wasn't wearing them. They were just sitting there from like being there for years, you know, and I would just be like, oh, I'll wear it on such and such date. And then I looked at it and I was like, I'm never going to wear this ever. This is not who I am. Yeah. And I think kind of realizing that I think for me, even as an influencer, I was like, I'm promoting things that you can wear once. That is so annoying. It's so not useful. I wanted to be more practical. It also makes me feel like crap when I'm like getting rid of massive garbage bags of stuff all the time. And then also just my job is to recommend to people a very like realistic, great way to build out your wardrobe. I don't want to constantly only recommend things that are one and done, super trendy. Like I really enjoy showing people how to wear the same thing multiple times. Yeah, I feel like your style is very, very timeless. I feel like when you have good pieces, you can pair them with different things and it just goes a much longer way. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I think you get so much more use out of it. And then I think people trust you more with your recommendations that it's not something that you're just, I don't know, obviously when it comes to dresses and like occasion things, Mm -hmm. that's very one and done. But even if I'm going for date night with my husband, I'm not putting on a tight dress. No, like absolutely not. (laughs) So I feel like and when you go to work, I I have obviously used to work in an office, so I know the vibes of realistic living and you don't want to constantly have nothing to wear. Mm -hmm. So it can be frustrating if you don't have this kind of wardrobe that you constantly can go to and make your life easy when you go to get dressed. I agree. Have you done that exercise where you pick like three style words? No, I literally want to message Allison and be like, can you tell me mine? Because I don't know mine. So I did it actually on our team (laughs) retreat. And I like it was just one of my team members brought it up. And then like we did it for each other. It's hard to do for yourself. I know. I can't do my own. I feel like I can do yours. Please tell me. Okay. Okay, What are mine? I feel like you are luxe, timeless and chic. Like those are the three that, that. (laughs) no, like seriously, I feel like that's what comes to mind. But like, I think it's an interesting concept because I think it really helps you like narrow down exactly what fits in your wardrobe or not, because if it doesn't fit within those three categories, then it's like, it's a no. Yeah, exactly. And I think it eases the process for when I'm shopping. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'll be like, oh my God, that's so cute. But I'm like, I don't want to spend anything on something I'm going to just wear once. I know that won't fit into my wardrobe. I know I won't be grabbing that. I actually do try to dress fairly comfortable too. Yeah. I think I like to look put together, but a lot of times what I'm wearing is actually kind of comfy. Yeah. I mean, you have like a great sweater and jeans and a t-shirt on, but like it's, I think it's the way you put it together. And also like that, I guess, kind of brings me to the jewelry piece as well, because I think like jewelry has such power and like accessories in general to like up level a look to a whole different level. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of how the brand started was Mm -hmm. I, you know, I was 28. I went through this whole crisis of wanting to change my identity of who I wanted to show up as. And I wanted to be this chic queen. I think Rosie Huntington-Whiteley was my inspo at the time. I was like, I want to be Rosie. So You do give that vibe, though. So I I feel like you manifested it. (laughs) I'm into it. So and then I feel like I and I'm at the time I also wasn't I didn't have that much like income to Mm -hmm. spend on you know, the row or the arcade or, or anything like that. And I was just buying pieces from Zara and I felt like I looked boring. So that's kind of how Orium came to be because I, I always have felt like when it comes to accessories, that is what will make or break your look. And 
I feel like I have such an eye and knowledge now about what actually is quality good accessories. And that's what I basically try to deliver for my audience. I try to give them literally luxury quality, same manufacturer (laughs) products at a more accessible price point because it really does make or break your look. I feel like I would never buy leather goods from fast fashion. I would never buy jewelry from fast fashion. I would like, I would never really buy handbags. You know, I think if you are in a place where you have more of a budget, I think, you know, save money on clothing. You know, I wear really inexpensive t-shirts. I'm not really that much of a jean snob. I have every end of the spectrum of price point of jeans, but I do think the accessories can make or break. And that's exactly why we also went to leather belts is because I was like, oh my God, all of these belts look disgusting. Not to be a bitch, but they do. And I felt like Thoreau, St. Laurent, Bottega, I had a bunch of belts from them, but they were expensive. And, you know, $600 for a belt isn't necessary. And I also feel like by the end of the day, when if you have like a logo on your shoe, a logo on your belt, you can't a logo do that. on no, your sunglasses, uh-uh. too absolutely much. not. Too much. One logo max. So I feel like I wanted to create products that were really interesting and added like flavor and interest and personality to your look, not from being a logo. So that's kind of how it was born. Like I've not talked about it on the podcast, but that belt that I got from you, I I mean, I messaged you when it came in where I was like, this is insane. Like the leather on it was crazy. Nish thought it was like a, like a proper designer. And yeah. he's like very, like he has like a good eye. We've been together for a long time and this is the stuff I'm into. So he's like, you know, by default now into it as well. And he's fucking like, you know, he has like a, yeah. he's like a hawk. And he's like, Sif, that belt is really good. And I was like, yeah, it's, like my friend's brand. And I was so blown away by it. I mean, the quality on it is insane. And the finishings, I was like, I was really, really impressed. I have to say. I and this is as a really paying customer. It. And like, <laughs> it took over a year, much longer than a year of just back and forth. We were supposed to launch, it's now November. We mm-hmm. were supposed to launch those belts in April. <laughs> and when you're like dealing with Italian manufacturers that are also doing designer brands, and you're a brand new brand to them and you kind of have to convince them to work with you. It's not easy. And like Matt and I don't have any connections. We don't have anyone running production or anyone we hired to run mm-hmm. production. It's just us cold emailing manufacturers. Oh, my God. I remember being at that point in Array and I was just. It's, it is it's not rough. easy. It's we rough. like sampled a lot. And then obviously because I have a jewelry background, I the hardware to me was equally as important yeah. and how long it would last. Cause I had bought a Kate belt that was like 600 and something dollars and it faded in a day. And I was like, I'm going to spat out my water. That's fucking. And as someone obviously who's like coming from jewelry, I know that I would never sell jewelry that tarnishes in a day. So I would never sell a belt that tarnishes in a day. No, that's insane. Especially with like, I mean, belts are like, if someone goes and buys a luxury belt, like that should better last. Like that's why you do it and you don't buy from Zara, you know? Mm-hmm. But when it comes to metals, it's extremely difficult. I feel like there is so much misinformation about the jewelry market. It is actually wild. Okay, okay. I, we need to get into this. Like, what what should people even look for? Like, what? Like, tell me more. So much, so so much. And I feel like no one talks about it. And I just never talk about it. I kind of should go on TikTok. I'm scared to get like attacked. But I'm very knowledgeable about everything. Yeah. So what I find so interesting about jewelry is. You think about array, you think about food, you think about skincare. All the ingredients are listed. You think about clothing, the percentages of everything in that piece of clothing is listed. Jewelry is a full, 
There's no regulation. Every manufacturer lies about what their pieces are made out of. People think like gold plated that there's like no spectrum of quality in gold plating, but there's a massive spectrum. And I feel like there's so much misinformation out there. A lot of jewelry that is like cheaper jewelry, you know, and like a hundred dollar price point mm-hmm. is actually made out of like scrap metal. Nine times out of 10, it's not hyperallergenic. There's probably like lead in there, especially if you're wearing like a necklace or a ring. It like actually kind of matters. It's rubbing against your skin. That's why some rings turn your fingers green. And there's there's just so much of a, the spectrum. And a, a most massive jewelry brands plate their pieces in it like boom, like a flash, tiny amount of plating, like the tiniest amount. And as Matt and I are both bougie people, you know, as we started to really learn all the options, we were like, we want the best. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So every time we do our pieces, we have like an amazing manufacturer who does multiple layers of plating, does like eat, we have like e-coating, which is like an additional layer of plating. And I think I feel like a lot of people are not educated exactly about like what things are made of and what makes them different. If you know me, you will know that I am obsessive about two things, okay? I love cooking. Cooking is my love language. And number two, I am so particular about everything that is in my home. So if you're new to the podcast and kind of don't really know a lot about me, I moved into my house in LA with my husband basically in March 2023. And since, you know, we were moving into a new space, I was so particular about every single thing that entered my home, not just the look of it, but exactly what it did for me and my health too. And I have been really, really particular about having non-toxic cookware in my kitchen, except I want that non-toxic cookware to be chic and I need it to be easy to clean because I don't have a ton of time. I just want to cook and I want my cleanup to be so quick and so easy. I don't want to be out there scrubbing dishes for a million years. Like, no, absolutely not. It's just like a vibe ruiner. So I am so excited to be partnering with Caraway Home. If you have seen my Instagram stories of me cooking, you've seen these pans before. I have the ones with the gold hardware. The pans are black. It is so chic. Anytime I have friends come over and they see my pots and pans that I'm cooking in, I get compliments on it every single time. Also, what is incredible about Caraway Home, which I've already said, is that they have non-toxic kitchenware, which features a chemical-free ceramic coating so food can be prepared with peace of mind that no hard-to-pronounce chemicals will leach into your healthy ingredients. Also, all sets come equipped with complimentary, easy-to-access storage solutions that keep the kitchen tidy, which is so, so important to me. I have to say that this pan set that I have from them is one of the best things that I have bought for my home. Even Nish raves about how chic he thinks they are and also how easy they are to clean, which I mean, again, this is this is key, you guys. This is key. So Caraway has an offer for you guys. Visit carawayhome.com slash dream to take advantage of this limited time offer for 10% off your next purchase. This deal is exclusive for our listeners, so visit carawayhome.com slash dream or use code DREAM at checkout. Caraway, non-toxic cookware made modern. 
Hey, I'm Molly Sims. And I'm Emma Shagormley. We are two best friends with one common obsession. Beauty. And by that, we mean everything that makes you look and feel beautiful. We tried it all and we've got your back. We'll be calling on all our favorite health experts, industry insiders, and friends to answer all your beauty questions. Consider us your beauty 411 and sometimes your 911. From how to fix brassy hair to the pros and cons of laser facials and always with a cocktail in hand. Always. So be prepared to be obsessed. Check out Lipstick on the Rim wherever you get your podcasts. So what should people look for when they are jewelry shopping? Because you're right. The information is just not out there. And I think it's really tough because like, you know, even when I was younger, I'd buy these pieces and then my fingers would go green and it would drive me insane. Like I was going through all the stuff that I had in storage, like from Toronto. And this is like, you know, it's been in storage for a couple of years, but everything had tarnished, like everything had lost, like any, like it, it had just gone from like gold to like silver. Yeah. <laughs> it's like what? Yeah, exactly. So, when it comes to pieces that are very high touch, you know, rings, yeah, and necklaces, I would say are the two main things and bracelets. You typically want gold verme. Mm-hmm. So, gold verme is sterling silver and then plated with there's like a standard for gold plating on top of that. But different mm-hmm. countries have different standards of the amount. So sometimes you can have Gold and it's actually not that nice. So it's uh, it's honestly so tricky and it's by manufacturer as well. Some I've had, we worked with the manufacturer in LA and their pieces, they told us they were Gold and they definitely weren't because they tarnished right away. They were awful. And now we have an amazing manufacturer in India who's like the best and their pieces like last really well. He knows like how to do it the right way. So it, it's kind of confusing, but it's it's interesting because... I see so many people on TikTok nowadays talk about fabric and be knowledgeable about like polyester and, you know, the fabric contents of things and skincare. Everyone like it's just open information, open information. And the sad thing is, is that a lot of the jewelry brands are lying about what. So in terms of what to actually look for for a ring, you obviously either want something that's solid gold or gold verme. And I wouldn't really mess around with gold plated rings like we will never make just gold plated rings. Because it's like a brass base. So it could turn your finger green. Mm, Okay. Whereas like earrings, it's a little bit, you can kind of get away with like crappier earrings. Mm -hmm. Like we started wanting to sell at a more accessible price point for earrings. So we stopped doing gold for my earrings because it's really not rubbing much. It's not going to, you're not going to turn your ears green. Mm -hmm. So I think like most places just say gold plated and they say nothing about how much it's gold plated with. And so that's why it's kind of hard. You also want to look for hypoallergenic. That means the base metal is made where it won't like turn your skin green. Like there's nothing funky in the base metal. Okay. I actually have to zoom in on this point because I have like very sensitive, like my my ears, like my piercings are all really sensitive. And if I don't wear things that they just get infected really easily. Yeah. So I feel like focusing on hypoallergenic would kind of like subvert that issue. Yeah, a little bit. I think, I also think the reality is, is people, you get what you pay for. If something yes. is $100, that means it costs like $5 to me. <laughs> like, so 
I think people just kind of being aware of that. I think a lot of people look at our brand and they're like, oh, they overcharge. And I'm like, no, actually, our margins are actually much lower than the standard jewelry margin. We just do the absolute highest quality that we can, but we don't charge as crazy for markup because we know we like we don't want to, you know, I don't want to sell $400 earrings. That's hard sell for people. Yeah. So there's like a happy medium. When you started to get into like refining your style, how did you decide where you were going to invest your money and where not to? And like, when did you realize you wanted to kind of focus on higher quality jewelry? Because anything with hardware, I think, is a dead giveaway for quality. <laughs> so if you think about, you know, I, if you buy like a Zara skirt and it has like a belt attached to it or something, it's usually disgusting. Yeah, it's and so anything with like metal, I think, is a dead giveaway. Buttons even sometimes are like a dead giveaway. Like the little finishings, I think, are dead giveaway. I'm actually not that snobby about like a sweater. I couldn't look at your sweater and know how much that costs. Mm-hmm. Or I can't look at a pair of jeans and know how much that costs. But I think when you look at accessories and hardware and leathers, like belts, shoes, bags, is when I think it's the most noticeable. I think leather is also really easy to tell crappy leather. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Honestly, you're not wrong. Like, I feel like as soon as I started to make money, like where I put my money right away, like in terms of like what I was going to put on my body was my accessories. So it was like always shoes, bags, belts, sunglasses, even and then like jewelry. Yeah, like my exactly. my mom is like a jewelry snob. And like if she sees me wearing something that's like, I don't know, just like cheap. She's like, you can't wear this. Like I can tell right away that it looks really cheap. And, you know, like sometimes you want to have fun with jewelry and that's yeah. fine. But like, you know, people can tell. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's like an easy give. Yeah, exactly. I think, you know, the way it shines. We also plate all of our jewelry in 24 karat gold. So and most people use like 14, which to is like 18 at the very most. Yeah, yeah, which is like a more of a silvery gold. Yeah. And we use like a rich, rich gold, like think Hermes hardware and like vintage Chanel hardware. That's it's, to match that. It's so funny. Speaking of my mom, like literally anytime I wear something that's like 18, she's like, why is it not 24? Because she, like we're brown, right? Yeah, and like yeah. jewelry is like a big part of our culture. And so like I can I could see your ring like last night when you came over and I was like, I know that's 24 karat. Like I feel yeah, like my mom it's a would totally be very different color. It's a different look. It's a different color. Yeah. It's like brighter. Mm-hmm. It's brighter. It's richer. So it just gives this more luxurious feel. Like I feel like even Chanel handbags, so many people are complaining that the hardware for gold like looks weird now. And the vintage is so much better because the vintage used to be 24 karat. It was like a deeper hue. Yeah, it, it is very different. Like even as I go into the stores, it's like a completely different look, like the classic handbags from like the vintage ones. It's brighter. Like yeah. that gold is like it pops. Yeah. It's like your rings. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's why when we were doing the belts, it yeah. took us a while to find someone who knew how to get that like 24 karat color. Yeah, it's beautiful. So you've had a lot of career pivots, okay? So you started off as a buyer, right? And then you kind of got into influencing and then it was starting a jewelry brand. So when you launched Orium from being a creator, were you nervous to do that? Or was it like an easy career transition? That was a pretty easy career transition. I think I was always nervous to just start. Matt Mm -hmm. was really the one who like pushed us to actually start. Mm -hmm. I felt like I thought I needed to be a much bigger influencer in order to have success. But I don't know. I'm so happy we just jumped into it. It really didn't feel like much of a pivot because, 
you know, I was wearing the jewelry. Like, it really wasn't different than what I normally talked about. And I was just styling what I made now instead of another brand. Were, like, before you launched it, were you teasing it by wearing your own jewelry? And then, like, were people just naturally asking about it? I didn't wear it, Uh but we did start an Instagram account that was, like, it actually was really well done. Matt actually planned the feed of it because he's very creative. Wait, really? Yeah, and it was, like, this. we both pulled together all of these really cool just random inspo photos with, like, very golden hour. So the whole feed was, like... Just cool inspo photos that were gold. Wow. It was a really cool little grid that we had happening. So we were like growing it there, but I never showed the pieces yet. And then I showed it it like a few days prior. I really like that you say that you kind of like jumped into it versus like you were kind of like, oh, you know, I have to be a bigger influencer because I think we just like tell us have these excuses for ourselves, you know, and I kind of look at my mentality in like year one or like pre-launch of business. And I was kind of the same where like my own set of like, oh, but it needs to be here. And I feel like when you launch, it's like you're just going to have to figure it out and it's never going to be perfect anyway. Exactly. And I think. I feel like so many people fall into the trap of making excuses in general, my, myself included. I'm like, oh, I need a team. I can't get to the next level unless I have a team or I can't get to the next level unless I have the best manager or whatever it is. You know, stop making excuses for what the outside things there are that you need. It's going to come from you and no one is going to bring you to the next level better than yourself. I love that piece of advice. What would you tell yourself in year one of your business? Because you're like a few years out. And I remember when we first chatted, it was like, what, early 2021? Yeah, yeah. So like a lot has happened. Yeah. What would I tell myself? (laughs) I'd be like, get ready, girl. Get ready for some stress. (laughs) Not that I want to like deter anyone from owning a business, but I think... I feel like it's so glamorized and people really don't understand just how mentally tough it is. I feel like Matt and I still like laugh about that first year being like, we were so naive and we were just like, yay, this is so fun. We <laughs> like we were still still so delusional about like how hard it's going to be to. I feel like it's hard every step of the way. And it really, is. you kind of just have to roll with the punches and realize it's really not that serious. I think exactly. like that's been my like one big learning where it's like, stop. It's just not that serious. Yeah, exactly. And I think you can kind of get into a bubble where you get in your own head, in your own circle, where your whole life is your company and trying to succeed. And like sometimes just like taking a step back, taking a breath is what's needed. I agree. I agree. If your goal is to enter your healthy era in 2024, and you're just looking to eat at home more, then I have a really, really solid solution for you. And that is Green Chef. So Green Chef is a CCOF certified meal kit company, which makes eating well easy with plans to fit every lifestyle. Whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free, or just looking to eat more balanced meals, Green Chef offers a range of recipes to suit your preferences. You can elevate your everyday wellness with the number one meal kit for clean eating and discover new gut-friendly recipes for each week. Green Chef delivers whole food for your whole body. 
They're committed to providing a holistic approach to nutrition by offering meals that contribute to the overall well-being for your entire body. Also, Green Chef's new gut and brain health meal plan includes a mouthwatering array of nutritious dinners, clean snacks, and functional drinks crafted to actively support the well-being of your gut and enhance your cognitive health. Look, I understand that, you know, cooking can sometimes be the last thing that's on our mind, especially when life is so busy. Everything from deciding what you're going to eat to grocery shopping, planning all of that out, taking the time to prep, cut all of the ingredients. I know that it's not always feasible. And this is why I think that having a meal delivery service that has really high quality foods and prioritizes nutritious is so helpful, especially if you want to be realistic about the goals that you're wanting to achieve. You know, like it's really nice to fantasize about all these dinners we're going to make, but we have to know where it is we're at. And so this is such a good solution. They have the most incredible meals on their weekly menus. I am just blown away by them. And so I'm really, really excited to be partnering with Green Chef. So Green Chef has an offer for you guys. Go to greenchef.com slash 60dreambigger and use code 60dreambigger to get 60% off plus 20% off your next two months. Again, that's greenchef.com slash 60dreambigger and use the code 60dreambigger to get 60% off plus 20% off your next two months. You guys, 60% off your first order. That is insane. So trying this is like really the most risk-free situation ever. And I know you will fall in love with it. Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. Enjoy. Okay, so you've built a very loyal community, okay? And what's interesting is, and especially like as I was going through like getting audience questions for you, I I mean, I was telling you like you got, I mean, the number of questions are so crazy that I have to like get into them in order to even like hit some of them. But what's interesting about you is that I feel like you've built this community while having boundaries around what you show. Were you ever pressured to kind of show up in a way that, you know, like show up more on social or share more than you were comfortable with ever? 100%. I feel like I'm an open book. And at the end of the day, I would share anything. I don't care. Like if I meet a stranger and I'm a girl and I'm like talking to her, I will literally, you know, tell her anything. I, mm-hmm. I have no filter. <laughs> but, I love that. <laughs> but my like, kind of girl. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm like, I don't know. I Nothing is off limits. But then I think just for me in terms of burnout, I've learned that I, I'm i not the type of person that I can jump on my story every day and like talk. I used to be able to do that. I feel like I've been doing this for so long that it is a little exhausting to share everything. And I still to this day feel like every day I, I genuinely feel like I want to do a better job of like connecting with my audience. And so I feel that pressure every single day to show up and do a better job of connecting with my audience, especially now that my life has gotten to a point where it's not the same as when I first started out. And I feel like if someone just starts following me now, they have no idea, you know, what it took for me to get here or how it was like a slow process. And then I wasn't just like born into like a fabulous life, you know? So I I don't know. I do feel that pressure to share more, but then I also just feel like maybe that's why people like it because I'm not oversharing. 
I don't know. I think people come to you for style and jewelry. And I don't think that's a bad thing, by the way. I think it's a great thing. Like, yeah. I, you've like won. <laughs> you know? It's like, it's, but then I, sometimes I get so in my head where I'm like, it, all I talk about is like stuff. And I need to sprinkle in, you know, some personality or, or like some deeper, some things that are like deeper. Cause I, there's obviously a lot of things that I'm passionate about too. And I'm passionate about like mental health and growth and all of these things and being a woman and being a wife. And there's so many aspects to things that are constantly on my mind that mm -hmm. I want to like connect with my audience more on like different subjects, but sometimes it's hard. Internet, the internet is a scary place. Like I feel like Sometimes I could say things and people might not think I'm, people might think I'm serious. And I don't know. I get in my head that it's going to get taken the wrong way. I mean, I feel like there's always a subset of people who do take it the wrong way, you know? And I just think that that's like the way I see it. It's like, it's just not my problem. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it totally. sounds like a you problem, not a me problem, you know? Because yeah. like, I'm going to show up as like the best version of myself. And if that's not good enough for you, like, what am I supposed to do? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, and people take even the most innocent things the wrong way. Like, not everyone, but like, there's always that odd person who is has issues, you know? And like... <laughs> What am I supposed to do about that? Yeah, no, I feel like I've grown such a thick skin. Like, yeah. no one can say anything to bother me. <laughs> do you feel like people make assumptions about you? Yeah, for sure. I think that's something that, even if you're not an influencer, is important to learn. That, like, every, not everyone's going to like you. And, like, I feel like, as women, that's kind of hard for us to grasp. But as you get older, you start to care less. And yeah. you start to realize that it doesn't matter. I don't need everyone to like me. I don't vibe with everyone. So I don't need everyone to vibe with me. Yeah, and also I think... Sometimes people don't realize that you're seeing like literally maybe 1% of someone's exactly. life online. You know, you don't really know anything about them. Yeah. Like, and at the end of the day, like this is a business. What I'm putting out online is is a business. And like, I think people don't realize how strategic, like I'm not that strategic, but I have plenty of influencer friends who are extremely strategic about what they're showing you and sharing with you and I feel like a lot of people don't realize how much thought process goes into the business behind me sharing my life with you. Oh, absolutely. Because, I mean, if that's a part of your brand, like, you know, you're not just going to throw anything out there. Yeah. You're going to strategically. I feel like there are plenty of people who are strategically like, oh, I'm going to be like a wholesome type of influencer because that's that will get people to think I'm sweet and nice. And, you know, I feel like that's like a full on strategy that people do. I mean, it does not surprise me in the slightest. Yeah. Like, I just I feel like, yeah, it's it's you know, it is what it is. <laughs> talk to me about how you divide up your time. Like what is it like? Talk me through like a day in your life. So I would say that my I have zero structure and I just know that that's what works for me. I need to be my own boss. I need to, you know, pursue whatever is coming to my brain at whatever moment is coming to my brain. And I feel like that's so opposite of what I hear so many people, so many people who are like so type A and I'm type A. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> my husband's extremely type A. So he, I drive him absolutely nuts, but I'm like all over the place. Like last night I got home from your house and I literally at like one in the morning sent like three designs to the manufacturer being like, just thought of these. Can we make samples? Like I need oh to just God. like pursue. But your brain works at night. Oh yeah. My brain works like whenever I get a spurt of an idea, I just have to like do it. So I love that. So I kind of am like all over the place. I kind of just, I have just no structure. So my day to day is obviously if I'm home, I'm kind of like waking up. I, Matt is handling our two employees because 
like I said, I'm not a good manager. I have no structure for myself. So Mm -hmm. that's just not fair for people to work under me directly because, you know, they need structure. Yeah. (laughs) So I kind of am the one like managing my personal brand because my personal brand is a very thriving business. Like this year, we like, I like almost tripled my income this year for my personal brand. So that is still very much like a huge part of my life and what I do. And it's all kind of intertwined in a way because it just, it all is like, I'll be working with a brand. Maybe they carry Orium or, or I'm like styling Orium with the ad. And there, it's just a lot that all mixes in together. Like, it's great that I'm still have a lot of my personal brand partners who are, can help benefit Orium too. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of either, I'm typically like going through my emails. Maybe I'll shoot that day, like get ready, shoot. I try to batch out if I'm shooting. Like I don't like to get ready every day doing my hair and makeup. It's exhausting. So I kind of, if I'm getting ready, I'm like, okay, let me try to film a bunch of things today so that I don't have to get ready the next day. It's kind of like that. And then I feel like I've been traveling like a lot this year. Do you not ever travel? Like, I feel like every time I look at your pictures, I'm like, oh my God, like she's like somewhere different. And so I would like to make an announcement that this is a you guys thing. (laughs) You guys don't like my content unless I'm traveling. Are you serious? (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm being dramatic, but I'm like, but I feel I mean, like I've become <laughs> a, a addicted to growth and engagement from when I'm traveling. And I just feel so much more creative when I'm yeah. traveling. It is so hard to be in your house day after day, working from home by yourself and want to be creative with content in your house. It's it's hard. You know, I, I like I actually very much agree with you because I feel like I'm a machine when I'm traveling, like in terms of what I'm putting out. And exactly. it's like there's no effort involved. It's just it's so easy. So, so less easy. stressful. You're like, I just stand there and there's like a great background and I'm I'm good to go. Yeah. And you're in a mo- good mood. You could both are like dressing up for dinner and it's just like fun. It's fun. Whereas when I'm in the house, I'm like, oh, I'm going to have to like do my glam and <laughs> put on a full outfit at one o'clock on a Tuesday by myself in a room. Like, no, this is not fun. So it's hard to get myself like into that like flow. So mm-hmm. when I travel, I crank content Love. so that I can like batch and it, batch it for, yeah. like a month. Oh, amazing. And that's like my formula and it's not sustainable. Well, <laughs> I mean, I feel like it gives you a lot more time when you're home to like do Just the focus. head down work, which is like, exactly. that's ideal. And at the end of the day, obviously, I'm lucky that Orium is very much relies on content too. So I'm usually shooting content for Orium's account too. It's like killing two birds with one stone and it's it's great. So so on a regular day, like if you like say you batch content, you're doing that. What about the Orium stuff? Like what are you working on on the Orium side? Like is it mostly designs? Like what is like are you doing the social media? Like tell me everything around that stuff. So for Orium, I'm handling a lot of the back and forth with like our production Mm -hmm. in terms of designs. So now that we have three different manufacturers for jewelry belts, I wear the past year that's been taking up so much of my time of like back and forth of getting things like just right. So that's a lot of back and forth, like submitting new designs, like trying to get ahead of like, you know, 2024 now submitting new things. Like I also feel like I do a lot of just kind of scouring the internet of like what's popular on retailers and just kind of like knowing everything that's out there. I feel like that's my ex-buyer brain is very much like, okay, what are the brands that's trending right now in any category? Like just kind of like knowing the landscape of retail and fashion as a whole. Mm -hmm. I I like to be really knowledgeable about that. So that takes up a lot lot of my time. I'm Matt's going to get mad at me for saying this, but I feel like I just like steer the ship. Like, have you done your human design? Yeah. So I'm a projector. 
I am a what is it projector generator and what are the other like two reflector and many I'm a projector too oh okay yeah so I feel like I'm the just, bird's eye view yeah I'm Same. like the top level of like steering where we should go yeah and like for example I like over a year ago I was like leather belts like we must do leather belts obviously Matt was like what even my team leading up to the belt launch was like Let's see how these belts go. LOL. Like, and they fucking crushed it. And I was like, told you so. <laughs> and I feel like I just kind of know like when it's time to pivot or, hey, let's try doing this. Like, I feel like I'm, Matt is definitely, he hasn't done his, but he's definitely a generator. He's like my, I'm the idea person. He's the executor. So I feel like that's like a perfect team. Is that kind of how you guys are too? So we're both projectors, but oh, I wow. would say that I'm exactly like you where I'm always I I know what's coming it's like a sixth sense like and I will go and I'll tell my team I'm like I'm forecasting that this is next in wellness and it doesn't mean that we go and do it right but I'm like I was talking about the fact that like blood glucose levels and I talked about this like a year and a half ago I was like everyone's gonna be all about blood glucose levels and I'm just letting you guys know that it's coming doesn't mean that we're doing something around it but just letting you know and boom yeah like I I forecasted this a year and a half ago, I just knew. And like, yeah. I feel like when you are like, and you have to do your own research and like kind of be in the field and be curious in order to know that. And I think it's a really valuable thing that a founder needs to be able to do because how the hell else are you going to be like the visionary? You know what I totally. mean? Totally. And you need to have the mental space to do that. Absolutely. If I was just like stuck in the day-to-day of the business, which I like somewhat am, but not that much anymore, mm-hmm. then I feel like I wouldn't be able to like make those direction like those directional pulls in a different ways to go. Yeah. Yeah. That I mean it's it's true. And I think that for me, like I have to have, for example, like certain times of the day where I can unplug from like being in my work and more so like reading and like just exploring what's happening. Like I actually really love to read like history books too because I think that kind of lets me see trends from a macro environment, if that makes sense. So it's not wellness things, but it's like history always repeats itself. And so I see patterns and I'm like, okay, if this worked for this brand that's like a hundred years old at this time, I wonder if we can do that and like see the same thing. And it's really cool because you can kind of, you just see patterns. Yeah. If you take time to like absorb like what's going on, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, it's really exactly. fascinating. Yeah, I feel like that applies to like every industry. It kind of like just circles. Agreed. Okay, so I want to get into audience questions because we got a lot. Okay. Like so, so many. Okay, the first one is what are your three essentials for the winter in terms of like trends or things that you're adding? Well, this is hard because I live in Miami. <laughs> winter, I feel like it's all about like a really long trench coat like to the floor mm-hmm. is the vibe. Like okay. long Love. is super chic. Wait, do you have any favorite brands that you're eyeing or like pieces? Or I would just... say you can get something like that on like the Frankie shop probably. Oh, love. I don't even look at winter things. So I'm really like, okay, what else? What else is really chic? I love like a massive scarf. I think it's so chic or even like a thinner one is chic. Thinner ones are like really making a comeback this year, I feel like. Yeah. What else? Winter. Winter. You or know, fall. Yeah, or fall. I mean, obviously, I'm going to say belts, but, you know, that's an obvious one. But Go you just it. need a belt. Like, I wear a belt now every, every single day. day. It 
No Listen, outfit is complete without no, a belt. No, it levels up any look. Like, it's just, it makes it look more luxe, richer, more expensive. like And just more, like, pulled together, yes, too. Agreed. It's like the finishing touch. Absolutely. Okay. What else? And Revolve. any trends that you're loving as well. I, like, really don't even follow trends anymore. I'm, like, over it. Fair. I like red right now. I love so a little pop of red. That's... It's like not a trend. You know, that's being like florals for spring. Is I know. It's not it, a trend. And it's like so easy. Like yeah. a red sweater, like a red pair of heels. Like it's just easy. Yeah. I think, I don't know. I really like just like very classic timeless things. So I'm not, I've been staying away from the trends. Okay. Well, that's a good enough answer for me. How do you plan your outfits or find out, outfit inspiration? So I definitely utilize Pinterest a lot. Mm-hmm. And wait, I need to follow you on Pinterest. I feel like I'm going to get a lot of good ideas. Secret, you know, damn, (laughs) I'm not giving that away. (laughs) But I actually don't even recreate Pinterest outfits. I just go on Pinterest for like vibes. Mm. Anytime I try to recreate a Pinterest outfit, it doesn't look good on me. Mm. Like I think, you know, if I that goes to the fact of kind of just trialing and erring on yourself, even if you're not an influencer, spend a Sunday you know, listening to a podcast or playing music in your room and just like putting together looks and trying things on and then taking mirror selfies. You don't have to show them to anyone. No one's going to see them on your phone, but just see what you, and then look at them after and be like, wow, that looks really good on me. Oh, that kind of like cropped pants. That looks fucking horrible on me. Like you'll just like look at yourself in outfits and start to learn what looks good. Like I feel like you guys have to remember I've been taking photos of my outfits for like eight years now. (laughs) So obviously I've learned what looks good on myself. So even if you're not an influencer, maybe take like mirror selfies and plan your looks. I'm not really someone that can like, I don't know. I like to plan my looks in advance and like have fun just trying shit on and putting shit together and just having those outfits ready to go for the week or for the trip or whatever. I plan everything in advance. This is such an incredible tip because it seems simple, but it's not. If you don't look at yourself in photos in every single outfit you're wearing, I feel like you'll never find your personal style. Exactly. So if you're not an influencer, you know, who's like taking pics of themselves constantly, you might not like see what your body type is looking like in in a certain outfit. And when you see like, oh my God, I look so good in this outfit, you'll start to like feel confident and you'll start to feel good in what it is you're wearing. And you'll be like, oh, like, you know, tonight I'm going for dinner. I want a baggy like trouser, a belt, an XYZ top. You'll know that that's like what you feel good and confident in. And also I think it helps you identify what doesn't look good on you, which is actually important because, you know, we're constantly bombarded with imagery of like, you know, what's in, like maybe it's your favorite fashion influencer, like whatever it is. And trends kind of like change season to season. Like, even if it's like not like trendy trends, but like, you know what I mean? Like there's like certain things that you want to add in, like whether that's like a specific kind of boot or like a specific color that's like a real pop or like a cut. But not everything is going to look good on you. And yeah. that's fine. Yeah. But if you don't know, then like you just kind of like buy. And I've done this in the past, too, where I've just like bought things because it's like, you know, it looks great on someone else who's like style I really admire or whatever. And then it comes and it doesn't look good on me. And I'm like, I should never have gotten this because it doesn't work for me. Even basic things like, for example, for me, like loafers don't look good on me. Mm, Interesting. I just don't like how it looks on me. I think they make me look stumpy and stupid. And that's like a massive category of something so many girls look so cute in. 
and I keep buying loafers and I keep not wearing them and then yeah. I keep selling them because I need like a little baby heel. Yeah. For me, it's a mini skirt. Like I yeah. just cannot find mini skirts that look good on me. Like I found one, but it's a like a really thick fabric and it just it's cut as very specific kind of way. But there have been too many skirts my whole life that have like looked good on me. You know what yeah, I mean? Like it's, it's not something I wear because and it's not comfy. Yeah. Like you want to feel good in whatever you're wearing. So I feel like being critical and like just like looking at yourself in the mirror in each outfit, like every single day, if someone does this for like two weeks, I feel like they'll know. Yeah. You know what exactly. I mean? It's like it doesn't take that long. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Next question. How did you transition from influencer to business owner? And like, what were your big roadblocks? I think when I first started Orium, I actually had I was so insecure about coming across as smart and being a business owner. Like, I feel like my whole life I used to have people like call me stupid. And I oh used God, to like I, play I, I, dumb on purpose. Like I used to love Paris Hilton. And I thought it was like hilarious to pretend I was stupid all the time. You know, it was just like our culture. <laughs> I feel like clueless Paris Hilton and you just played dumb. So I feel like I my whole life I like played dumb. So... And I just was like ditzy and silly. So I feel like I cannot I, imagine you ditzy or silly, by the way. Like silly, really? yeah. Like, but you don't strike me as ditzy in the slightest. Like, I just love to say, even when I'm like with my husband on the couch, like throw a Jessica Simpson moment where I'm like, <laughs> is that a country? You know, <laughs> like I love to just like fuck with him because yeah. he gets so mad. But I feel like I was had such like a disconnect of just not feeling secure in being a business owner. And it took me like a while to really feel in my own of like confident of being like, no, I am really smart. And I feel like, I don't know what that stemmed from. I think it's from people maybe like as I was growing up, people trying to put me down or, you know, I feel like everyone's kind of faced that, but it took me a minute to take myself seriously. I feel like there's probably still people that think that I'm not like a serious business owner or whatever, but I don't care anymore. I feel like I've kind of gotten into my own. And I think it comes from you internally. Like you can't seek outside validation. Okay. Like for example, I've actually never shared this before. I, one of my biggest goals was to get Forbes 30 under 30. Mm. And I had, Orion wasn't even a year old, I think when we, like when I applied and I didn't get it and I was like devastated. And Matt was like, think about why you wanted that. He's like, you just wanted like external validation that you are a business owner. You know, like I feel like I wanted it for the wrong reasons. And I just wanted it to like make me feel like, hey, I'm a serious business person. But I don't need Forbes to tell me that. Like I know that I am myself and what I bring to the table. But I think what you're saying is it's very real. Like those feelings are really valid. And I think that people, whoever it is, has faced some variation of this in a different form, you know, and it can feel like, oh, am I not good enough because I didn't get this or this accolade or because so-and-so didn't tell me that I was good at this. You know what I mean? Like you put a lot of pressure on yourself for other people to recognize you for being serious. You know what I mean? Or like really good at your craft. And I think as you get older, also as I think you become a more seasoned expert at whatever you're doing, you realize that that doesn't, it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I I feel like it's hard to figure out what it is that is maybe why you're seeking that like outside validation instead of just looking internally for it. Love that. It's wise, not (laughs) silly or ditzy at all. (laughs) Okay. What are your staples to buy for clothes, shoes, and jewelry? 
Okay, clothes. We love a t-shirt. I love a loose t-shirt, a tight t-shirt. Jeans. I love like, I typically wear very loose jeans just because they're more comfortable. I agree. Wait, your current jeans are great. What, what are these? These are Kate and I honestly, they're great. Are they the Danielle? Yeah. They're cute. They're too tight on me. I should have gotten the size up, but you know, too late now. These are the tightest ones I own and my stomach hurts today. <laughs> so what else? I love like a little sweater to throw over the shoulder. I obviously, I'm not a huge blazer person. I feel like I never really wear them. Mm -hmm. I wear a lot of button down shirts. I wear that like to the beach or with trousers like over a tank or like buttoned up and tucked in. So for me, a button down is, is a big one. What else? Shoes. Okay, shoes. Right now, I love a low heel Manolo. It doesn't have to be Manolo. but Like a kitten po heel? Pointed, pointed toe slingback, like a vintage one. Wait, do you want to see what I'm wearing? Are you wearing that? Wait, cute. I mean, they're not Manolo, love, but like yeah. similar trend, so right? Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I've been wearing to like dinner lately. I love a little kitten heel black boot. I love like a black knee-high boot when I feel like being sexual. <laughs> What else do I wear a lot? I and, and then I also wear like a black higher heel like sandal a lot. I wear, yeah, I would say those are the main things. Okay. What is your diet and exercise regime currently? Everyone says you look great. Like the number of questions I got on this. Which is, is so funny because I've gained so much weight since my surgery over the summer. Like it took me Wait, a what long... surgery did you get? I had to get like an uh, ovarian cyst removed. <gasps> and so my stomach was like bulging out of my body for like months. Oh my God. That's horrible. Yeah. It was really annoying. And I thought I literally did the surgery because I was like, oh, I'm going to get a flatter stomach out of this. <laughs> and then it opposite, which was great. That was so fun. <laughs> and then I, so it took me a while to like get back into working out and things. Okay. So diet and fitness. My number one recommendation is go get your blood work done. Yes. And go yes. find out what are the little random things that maybe you're off with your hormones. You know, nowadays, if you have the means, you most people who have the means have like a doctor who is, I'm not on Ozempic, by the way, I, who prescribe you just things to like kickstart your hormones or balance things out or, you know, someone who's like an expert looking mm -hmm. at your whatever. And if you don't have the means to do that, I mean, Come on. I feel like everyone can invest in one time getting your blood drawn and learning about your body and your health because if it's going to make you feel better, I don't know. Don't buy Starbucks that week. You know, I don't even drink coffee anymore. Like figure out what you should take away to be able to go do that, that you can feel better. And I'm also not the type of person who can not work out. Mm. Like I'm not, I'm like naturally thin, but I'm not like. No, but you look like, toned. Like you yeah, look like, like you I, work out. I have to work out. And I'll do a lot of like, I do, I have a trainer twice a week. Mm -hmm. So I'm doing like heavy weightlifting. And then I do like walks constantly with Matt outside for like an hour. I'll do like a treadmill walk. I go in the infrared sauna. We have a cold plunge, but I've been slacking on my cold plunge. But if you want to just shed pounds, cold plunge every day. It's true. And that will like, it something with the brown fat, yeah. like just melts it off your body. I need to get back into that. I've been slacking on that. What else? So diet. I am on a meal plan because I don't cook. And if I'm not on a meal, like I notice a difference when I go on a meal plan because otherwise I'm like stressing about what to have for lunch. I'll order something. I won't make the best choices. I just find it so much easier to like pop in a small little meal into the 
microwave and like eat that. So mm-hmm. I notice a difference when I'm regimented with the meal plan. That being said, the meal plan is depressing as fuck. So that's not what I'm eating every single day for every single meal, seven days a week. I typically do that as much as I possibly can. Mm -hmm. And then I will like order Chipotle on the weekends and eat like multiple slices of pizza. So it's all about the balance. It's the balance. And yeah, I think getting your hormones regulated, sleep, stress, like all those things. There's so many things that go into diet and fitness. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. I joined a gym where I have my blood work done every three months and my doctor is phenomenal. Like he can recommend supplements. And the first time I got it done, it was crazy. The things that were like non-optimized, you know, Mm -hmm. and then when I went back and I did my blood work again three months later, like everything that I had been working on up until that point, it was like all my markers were like almost perfect. And I was like, this is crazy. Like, and it's hard. It's hard to kind of know where you're at if you don't have any like data points to like point you to the right direction, you know? Yeah. So I'm with you. Like, I think the blood work piece is really important. Yeah. And I also think I also just want to touch on, I feel like we are back to, you know, I don't even know, like 10 years ago when I feel like everyone is so thin. I went to fashion week and I was like the fattest person in the room. I feel like (laughs) like I felt like everyone was half the size of me. I'm like, what is going on? Is everyone just not eating a single bite of food? Everyone's on everyone's on Ozempic. Literally everyone. No, truly everyone. And it's I'm with you. Like I see people out on the streets. I'm like, God damn. Everyone's arm is like the size of my wrist. No, for real. For and real. it's making me, it's like body dysmorphia and it's so bad. You're, I think like your standard for like what's normal, it's like very much like warped right now. Oh yeah. I don't know. I don't know if you guys have been feeling like that, but. Oh, yeah. I think everyone's feeling it. Honestly, I think everyone's feeling it. But I will say that I think it's a phase. Hopefully. <laughs> like every, no, but everything is a phase because it was like the nineties. It was like, that was a phase. And then it went to like the other end of the spectrum with like these ridiculous, like over-the-top curves. Yeah, yeah. Which were also not realistic. Like you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like the BBL vibe. Now that's gone. And you know what I mean? So it's it's all trends. It's all trends. Okay, last question. What are your tips for starting content creation in 2024? I think you have to do TikTok. I think that's the best way to grow. Mm-hmm. There's so many girls that like just started their TikTok that I'm obsessed with. Mm-hmm. And I think if you... It depends on if you want to do style or whatever you do. I do think when you're first starting off on TikTok, you do need to have like a niche. I know everyone says this, but there's so many girls who just post their outfits and they have amazing style on TikTok and they're like growing. I follow them. I love them. And it's because they're doing like one specific thing. Yeah. And delivering on that one specific thing. And then eventually you can branch out. But if you're not in that arena, like I feel like pick another expertise that you want to be like an expert in and go in that area. But I think it's never too late. I feel like you can totally start. And I think it's a great side hustle. Yeah, I agree with you. Cass, this has been amazing. Tell everyone where they can find you. So fun. You can find me on Instagram, I guess. (laughs) Handle, Orium handle, tell us everything. My handle is CassDemico and Orium's is Orium.Collective. Amazing. Thank you for being here. Thanks. So fun. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved the episode and feel like it brought you value, don't forget to rate the show and leave a review. It takes five seconds and really helps the show grow so I can keep bringing on awesome guests. If you want to follow me behind the scenes, you can find me on Instagram at Sif And don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss a thing. 
I drop new episodes every Tuesday, so come hang with me and shoot the shit with some really smart people, learn and unlearn, and have a lot of fun. See you next week. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.